This is CJSF 90.1 FM Burnaby, the campus community radio station of Simon Fraser University. We stream online at cjsf.ca. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and listen to podcasts of CJSF programs on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash cjsfradio. somebody returning somebody who when we finished our first hour with him a couple of years ago Luca and I looked at each other and it was like oh no that was nowhere near enough time yes nowhere near enough it's time it's always a good sign we are honored to have Ken Paul Lobsang Tenzin with us again a production artist a philosopher a TV creator arts philosophy teacher and so much more I mean these words really don't encapsulate all that you be in this world. Um, They're just aspects. They're aspects, yeah. Thank you for joining us again. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, Thank you for inviting me back. Um, Good morning, beautiful world. I I say good morning, beautiful world every time I open my day. Even if it's not morning. But it's morning somewhere, and we actually have friends in Bhutan (laughs) that are probably listening, and it's morning over there. It's about 5 o'clock. Hello, Bhutan. Yes, yes. And... uh, we were but talking. I, I, I hope we're adding to their happiness. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Quotient. Yeah, they, they got happiness pretty much figured out. Well, they measure it, right? Yeah. I do. think it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, we were mentioning on the drive up about intention setting, and mm. you brought up that phrase as one of the ways that you set your intention every day. Mm. And yeah. you set it up. How would you tell us about that phrase every morning, and what mm. is it doing for you? And we can set an intention for this hour. Mm. I think, well, we could do that for sure. Uh, Let's uh, have everything make a whole bunch of love and have this grow a whole bunch of love. There's, a, there's an intention right there. I think the main thing is having a clear view from when you get up because what you look at is pretty much what you're going to find. So the second part to Good Morning Beautiful World is actually wishing you the clearest view of this beautiful world filled with only wonderful moments and much, much love. So if we're looking for a beautiful world filled with only wonderful moments and much, much love, maybe that's what we're going to find. So I'd like to put that condition as a precondition to my day, mm-hmm. that that's what I'm going to get up and look for. You know, so that's Absolutely. sort of it there. Yeah. So we, and we did, we, we rediscovered you on Commercial Drive in East Vancouver again what this week this yes. week right? yeah 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 Rebecca and Uta were out for a walk and happened to walk past you and you um, y- your office so to speak <laughs> in quotation marks <laughs> right is, a, is yeah. a long commercial drive yeah. sitting in front of the postal depot and you put up all of these wonderful pictures that you draw you put them up um, on the fence behind you and propped up against the wall and then you wait for people to show up and ask questions and they do show up and ask questions and you have all these yeah, the wonderful fun. conversations. Yeah, sometimes the question is how's business? And I say, listen, if I wanted to do business, I probably wouldn't do this. You know, it's like uh, definitely not business. But no. um, it's when I'm playing hooky from work, I like to go out and paint on the drive mm-hmm. and it gives me a way to infuse some randomness 
in my life. And we yeah. have to have a sample of life that maybe isn't in our preconceptions, in our little rote systems that we create. And I like going out on the drive because I never know who I'm going to bump into. And um, what well, uh, us in point, there a, you a rare go. Case, case in point, in point. right? And yeah. uh, it's also a part of applied usefulness. Um, it's a good meditation for me. It makes me feel good when a two-year-old comes by and sees a little picture of a horse or an elephant, and they're going, "Oh, mommy!" And then I, I'm, I'm like butter. I usually give it for, and everything is by a reasonable donation. I used mm -hmm. to give things away for free, and then I found a couple in the garbage, and I said, "Well, you know, maybe mm. we shouldn't be giving things away because people don't yeah. appreciate it mm -hmm. unless they have an exchange of some kind." Yeah. And it is, in a way, a little bit of a monastery there. And I mean yeah. monastic in a sense that it's a form of service. Because mm -hmm. people say, well, you, you, you're, you're a monk. And I say, well, yeah, I am a monk. I say, well, being a monk doesn't mean wearing red robes and having a shaved head. It's about making your intention to serve others when you start out. And where you're not making your own priorities your number one thing, you know? And uh, when you discover that making others happy actually makes you happy, then it's not such a big stretch to go out mm -hmm. and try and bring a little bit of joy to other people's lives, even if it's random. And I've found that what gets in the way often of our happiness is playing favorites. It's only having certain people and certain times say, oh, I got to go to my favorite restaurant. I got to go deal with them. I can't talk about that with mm -hmm. these people. I can only talk mm -hmm. about that. And what we have to do is actually break our, our, our preconditions for what we have as our favorites. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that sample, in that new sample, um, develop make strangers start laughing with former strangers and then we have all these new universes that come out and uh it's a very funny thing this this world we live in it's a, it's an expanding universe uh everything we do expands you think a thought you're going to think more thoughts to think that thought and all our words keep expanding as well so in a way we have to become more hyper vigilant of uh the the potency of our expressions and how we apply them. So when and, we and more intentional, right? Yeah, if we come back to what we were just oh, saying yeah. a few minutes ago Definitely. around what you set your intention for is what's going to show up or at least you're going to see it when it shows up and recognize it and welcome it and and especially when you Talk express it, because it, it expands exponentially in mm -hmm. this whole big world, crowding out everything. So mm -hmm. especially, that's why laughter is probably the most eloquent communication of our, our true nature. And, and it's um, multilingual. Everybody gets it. Even <laughs> the animals get it. It's, it's like music for everybody. And uh, fear and love can't be in the same place. And when you're fearless and loving, uh, all the other people that are fearless and loving seem to attract you. Um, it's important with our art, too. I think often young artists, they spend a lot of time trying to be too remarkable and too outstanding and unique and all this stuff. And what I found to be really useful is to uh, be relatable, to have uh, people understand mm -hmm. your, in, your heart and your intention. And when you can cross the sections of society, like if two-year-olds are liking your stuff and grannies are liking it and people on homeless people and billionaires, and they all like the same stuff, we all get love from the exact same place. Well, and two-year-olds are very relatable. I mean, they, you talk about coming from a fearless and loving place. Most two-year-olds are like that until they learn how to be otherwise. Mm. So you're, mm -hmm. you're speaking to 
people of like heart when you talk to two and three and four year olds. Oh, I'm sure they're asking their mom, where's my mom? Because I'm like a, a regular big kid around them. You, know, you <laughs> see me on the ground, I'm playing with them, we're talking. We have a little uh, family of finches that comes by our, our spot there. And also we had a hummingbird come by our spot too, but that's a whole other story. Um, well, because hummingbirds have particular significance yes, for yeah, yeah. some of the work that you do, quote unquote, work that you mm. do, work play mm. in the mm. world. When I'm playing, when I'm not playing hooky, exactly. Uh, even, even when you're playing hooky, you're still yeah. at work doing what it is that you yeah. want to do in this yeah. world. Yeah, I yeah. think I think animals maybe they see more uh, ranges of uh, perception. So they, oh, yeah. there's a mantis shrimp that lives at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> that sees nine levels of color. And we supposedly see only three levels of color. Mm -hmm. So maybe they see, they have radar for fear, radar for love. Uh, well, they radar say for plants heat. can feel fear coming sure, at them. Sure. And malintent coming sure. at them. Because they... They've, they've been measuring their wow. leaves for yeah. electro They're, whatever. They and they, they go crazy when you come at them with a pair of scissors. Wow, I didn't know so, that. That's I nice. mean, I'm going to get cut. <laughs> yes, so, yes. Uh, one of the things, uh, we're speaking about intentional words. Right, yes. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of the ideas that you've just been saying are things that you have written on the art that you create, that yes. you do sell. You've brought many examples of this. They're so Too beautiful. Many, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is this is what you're you this is one of your offerings to the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um something that I know that you have said many times is Om Ahung. Om Ahung, yes. Could you tell us about that? Why do you say that? Om Ahung. And what does it mean? Um okay. Uh getting back to practice. Uh, we have to choose what we want to practice, what systems we adopt. We have 100% control over our choices in our value systems and also in our um, uh, presentation of them in a way. Uh, this is a conscious choice that we make. Uh, when we uh, approach life, I think we're a sum of our awareness in this world. So if we do a... Uh, an honest investigation of systems, um, we can more or less reduce them down to a few primary functions. I love physics. Physics for me is unbelievably important. And it's. And it did you tell us that your father was a physicist? My father is was a very well known uh, aerospace uh, engineering physicist. Yes, he worked on all kinds of. So you grew up stuff. steeped in this. Yes, very yeah. much so. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, to the nth degree almost mm -hmm. um, so if we, we look at uh, proofs for example um, everything is impermanent in this world except the source of love the source of love will always be there no matter what happens in this world we'll always be able to find a source of love throw the bucket in and it'll come up full so knowing this and knowing that we live in an expanding universe, okay, so if there was a big bang for matter, there had to be a big bang for consciousness. And I think what binds us together as uh, all species, all sentient species, whether insects or people or uh, anything that can feel something, is that we all are connected to the source of love. And it's kind of like a sentient big bang, if you want to call it. Within that, laughter, you could more or less say that laughter is very synonymous with this big band. I, and I like to think of ah, like the first baby's first laugh. All right, so back to Omahung. I write that on the bottom of everything. And when the teachers over the millennia have uh, deduced and distilled all the 
wisdom that they could glean from others. They realize there's only three ways to affect this world. One is with our thoughts. The other one is with our words. And the other one is with our actions. So the words om, an, hung, they represent those things. Om actually being our actions, ah being our words, and hung being our thoughts. And they're also uh, synonymous with uh, other aspects, such as om being um, the sangha, or the group or collection of beings or all your cells in your body or all the, the uh, animals in this universe. Uh, ah being uh, dharma, which is teachings or truth, and hung being Buddha or your natural intention. So om ah hung. So om, the in-breath, is white. Ah is red, it's the sustain. And hung is the exhale, and it's blue. All right. So what does this mean? I like to draw the analogy of driving down the highway at 140 miles an hour. Okay, so if you're driving down the highway at 140 miles an hour, that's pretty fast, you're over the limit. Look out the window. Here anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What, you, what you see out the window is ohm. It's that undulating tapestry of phenomena that you have no control over. You can sort of look at it and tell it's winter. You can sort of sense a few things about, but you're going 140 miles an hour. So focusing on Om is only half or part of the equation. And in Vipassana meditation, where you're looking at clarity, there's a lot of emphasis on Om and, and, and seeing things clearly. Okay. So Om, in-breath, white scenery as you're driving down the highway. We'll skip off for a second and we'll go to Hung. Hung is blue. It's your intention. It's your thoughts, it's your emotions, it's what you have 100% control over. So it's like in the car analogy, it's like your cargo and your destination. So as you're driving down the highway at 140 miles an hour, ohm is the scenery, hung is the destination in your cargo. And ah in the middle is red and it's the driver of the car. So the smallest bit it turns the wheel changes everything when you're traveling at 140 miles an hour. So all your expressions are these hyper-concentrated drops of intention. And you can only practice your expressions. That's why it's the only thing that there is to practice is, ah, how you take what you own 100% control over, your thoughts, your emotions, your values, and how do you convert it into this world that you have zero control over, this undulating tapestry of phenomena. It's the only thing you can practice. So I like to focus on awe, and awe in its perfect sense represents four synonymous concepts and two words. The four concepts are laughter, dharma, which is truth or teachings, shunyata, which is emptiness, which is the combination of clarity of view and quality of view, which means that you're looking clearly and you also know what you're looking for, which is a very interesting concept because whatever you search is what you're going to find. So I always say search for the source of love and it can't be located, but just by looking for it, you find it everywhere. And this is the big part about intention. So as we look at ah. And we say, okay, what is ah? Ah, the entire Mahayana traditions of Buddha Dharma were created to explain ah. Why you have 108 beads on a mala is each one represents one translator trying to explain ah to the Tibetan uh, culture as they knew it at that time. Those are the Kanjur and the Tenjur, the sutras that the old monks flip around. But that was in a context of 650 B.C., 
back in that time. So each one of them, they're telling a story. So it's really kind of relevant, but not that relevant to what's going on today. And that's one of the differences and one of the reasons why I like to have our little spot over by the fence is that we can't... um, uh, If it's not totally inclusive or it has a hierarchy, I can't really subscribe to it. So what I would prefer to practice or be involved with, let's just say, as far as cultivating or championing, is something that's totally inclusive and has no hierarchy. So there we are. Okay. And that's what you're doing when you're standing there on the sidewalk. Yeah. So for all of you lovely listeners out there who are just joining us, um, you're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And our guest today is Kenpo Lubsang Tenzin, who is a, among many other things, a production artist, a a TV creator, and and, an arts philosophy teacher. And we're exploring all of that (laughs) as we chat today. And um, if you live in Vancouver, you can find him on Commercial Drive, uh, right near Six, where the Postal Depot is, and on sunny days, on, on sunny, sunny days, days. Yeah. <laughs> where he's sitting out there doing his um, improvisational thing of talking to everybody who comes along and wants Whoever to interact. Ever asks a question, right? yeah, 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 and uh, and I paint there yes. too, and often I have lots of materials. If you have little kids, they can come by and grab stuff, and I'm always happy mm-hmm. to paint. Now, these simple interactions that you're engaging with on the drive, simple but holy yeah. in a way, very much that connecting, which is a very important. Yeah, it's just an part excuse to talk to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it in a way belies the depth and the breadth of a lot of projects that you are involved in that go around the world. You're involved in some really big things. And I know there's a lot of things that maybe are still being birthed and that aren't ready to be talked about, but some of them are. Where would you like to start telling us about, or what would you like to start telling us about? Well, let's start with art in general. The only way to change the world is to change what artists choose to dream about. So we've got to choose our dreams carefully and then grow them. Best thing is to try and choose how to be best useful mm-hmm. in a way. So we're working on our bag of tricks in general, or we're applying our bag of tricks indiscriminately to <laughs> whatever seems to be the highest priority at the moment. I find it's really about serving the moment. Mm-hmm. So if we take those things into account, that the only way to change the world is to change what artists choose to d- dream about and to serve the moment, We have to look at what are the assembly of resources that we have right now and how can we be most effective in marshalling them to evoke some kind of change in what we're doing. I think that as a species, we will always choose what serves us. We will always adopt systems at the end that serve us. Mm. So if we have enough ideas presented to us, we will choose them carefully. Right now, there aren't a lot of maps for young kids, and they're very existentially challenged. And I think many people are kind of lost in bully solutions and the insanity of mundanity, thinking that they're going to be able to acquire some kind of sanctuary where they're going to ride out this existence in some form of comfortable way. And there's a lot of emphasis put on certain elements, house, home, job, car, remarkableness, hero gets the girl or whatever, or heroine gets the girl, or it doesn't matter these days. But there's some form of payoff. There's work and reward. And I found that grasping at the reward without having the right conditions is is not helpful. So in... Well, it uh, becomes empty, right? Because then you just have to grasp it again and more and higher. It's not fulfilling. It's not fulfilling and you never arrive anywhere. 
And I, I had the, the very good fortune of working with a, a number of people on a very elite level. Uh, I'll give a little example in there. Tyra Banks, for example. I took her headshot when she was a kid, teenager. Worked in Paris doing beauty shots. And uh, let me tell you, kindness is the only commodity in life. And the reason why Tyra Banks is successful today is because she's kind. And she's kind to everybody, and she doesn't play favorites. She was kind to the people who weren't important. She was kind to the people who were important. She was just basically kind. And that's why she's successful. So when we look at what's important in this world, we've got to recognize that love is our only commodity in life. Everything else is going to dissipate. It's going to go away. But when you trust the integrity of your intention and you sow love everywhere, you're making rainbows for people all the time. And those rainbows, they multiply and they manifest mm -hmm. in many, many, many miraculous yeah. ways. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're doing regularly here in Vancouver, okay, so my experience, I have about four decades in film as a production artist and I did a lot of photography. I was first guy in the world to shoot inside the core of a floating iceberg for Mobile Oil back in 1985 and have never looked back since. But I got kind of short uh, well not short changed because it probably helped a lot I, I had a, an obstacle thrown in my path where I got really sick and I was stuck in a hospital for three years and I realized that wasn't my job my stuff my bank account what other people thought of me I was only what I could add to this world at this moment and given and, what you know now that was a pivotal it was the best thing that ever um, happened, experience basically. for you right yeah because it made me realize that Reality is really not what we observe. It's what we expand upon, what we nurture, and what we cultivate. And you're only, you're only a plate spinner while you're spinning plates. So either keep spinning the plates or do something else. You know? So you've got to keep, keep working on, on what you're doing. You, everything is only a practice. And so I say what we have to do is be a little bit more telepathic in our thoughts and try and ask ourselves, is this really useful? And how do you serve a moment, not your agenda, not the person in front of you, not an ideology, not some So politic. what do you mean when you say serve a moment? Because that's, ah. that's a big concept. Yeah. That takes practice, I guess. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm trying to serve this moment right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe serve this audience. So how do you know if you're serving a moment or Okay, not? let's do this. This radio station needs a new home and they're looking for a place so we're serving a moment i'm on this radio and i have a voice so i'm going to be an advocate for uh <laughs> cj uh, sf and their new home look for a new home in the student union they want some space because they're a valuable contribution to this community serving a moment so how do we serve a moment right now i had a uh, uh, one of our colleagues chris walters from uh, the poster guy, he came up to me and says, hey, I want to put some of your posters around Vancouver. I said, cool, how can we do this? So he made me think of what would I like to tell people on a poll poster. So now we put out about eight different poll posters around Vancouver and slowly they're affecting change. Um, and that serving, all came because he showed up and wanted to know how to serve you, you in that moment. There you go. But not... Not you, but a, the a, concept. a grander concept. And now adding to that, yeah. then I asked the team, what's the most effective thing we could do with this? And everybody said, get people to stop littering cigarette butts. Because cigarette butt littering is the hugest elephant in our room. It's become socially acceptable for people to throw toxic 
tea bags into our sewer systems that just sit there at the end of the, the skimmers and create microplastics all through a carpet around our city. And nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to go to some big party of a protest somewhere where they can be with all their friends and yell at somebody they don't care about. Now you got to sit there and, and talk to one of your friends who's throwing a cigarette butt on the ground and you don't realize that most of the plastic in the ocean is cigarette butts, guys. Wake up, smell the coffee. All right, it's a huge smell issue. Smell the cigarette smoke. Smell the cigarette smoke. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I spend, I put posters on the ground, and one of the things we did is we created a poster that said, um, "There's a little bird yeah, in it." Yeah, it's right? a little bird feeding mm-hmm. a yeah, this is one of your show and found tells. the photo. Yeah. It said, uh, "Littering cigarette butts equals noxious bullying. Stand up to bullies." So these posters went around and says, "Please dispose of cigarette filters responsibly." We use the <laughs> word "please." <laughs> it's a little thing. It's a little yeah. thing. But if we could all be a little conscious to say, hey, I don't have to throw it in the street. I don't have to put it in the tree. The tree's not an ashtray. Mm-hmm. Put it in the garbage. So that's serving the moment. Knowing that mm-hmm. we have this access to this medium, mm-hmm. which is on the poles. Maybe somebody walking by a pole is going to see this poster, mm-hmm. not put their butt there. So for those of you who'd like to see a picture of this poster, um, Rebecca's tweeting out all kinds of little goodies um, on our in our Twitter account, our Twitter feed. Um, and you can find it find us on Twitter at EssentialConv. So that's spelled um, Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. And if you uh, take a look on there, as the program progresses, you can see all our little bits and pieces that we're sharing with you. So you've got a visual. So getting into the, the, the grip of it all is I found that I have one big meditation that I put in here, and it's contemplate the undetermined nature of all moments. Recognize that no moment is predefined. So it has the complete possibility of everything. It's like morning. Everything. Everything but, is open. But over and over and over, over and, and over throughout yeah. the day. Practice applying thoughts, words, and actions that may best serve the journey of all those traveling. So you're never going to serve. birds. Yeah, including and birds. Fish but, and But they yeah. may serve. But it's the intention of looking for something that may serve. And I found that to be absolutely the most satisfying thing we can do is actually figure out how to be useful in a bigger way. I like it. It feels good. Yeah. And it means that no matter what you did two minutes ago that didn't work, you got a chance to start again. Of course. And again and again. That's it. What's out there is is irrelevant once it's already gone. You just have to think, keep on asking yourself. And also... Don't be intimidated by mountains at all and by the heights of things. Climb everything because everything is just a single step. And then when you get to the top of it, you have an incredible view of things. And it's so much more accomplished. And you look at where you were years ago and then you look at where you are now and you say, well, I had to get here somehow. One step at a time. There you go. So. Yeah. And if you don't believe you can climb the mountain, you don't take the step. Right? You don't there bother. You know. <laughs> yeah, the other thing I just want to bring up quickly is that we're all like different hairs on the same head. And what's really relevant to you <laughs> is going to be relevant picture. to everybody else. <laughs> and I often I stare at people who come in the, and meet me for the first time and I look at them right in the eyes and I say, what makes us the same actually makes life special. And then I look at them again and I say, what makes you different? I never even think about. I trust mm-hmm. completely what makes us the same. And I go there with both feet. Because when I dive in that ocean, I'm not wet. 
And then they look at me kind of weird. <laughs> or they look at me kind of cool. One or the other. <laughs> you, you know, people are only going to see what they're aware of. You know, yeah. they're, they're not going to see what they're not aware of. So sometimes you're talking to people and it's just going right over their heads. And other times you don't have to say a word. And you're, you're meeting their eyes and, and you're just on the same page completely. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. We've got two songs here. Which one would you like to play first? Sorry? Children. The children. All right, let's play that. So we've got Cat Stevens. Where do the children play? And Would you like to tell us before or after we listen to it? We'll you tell you before. Okay. So this is because we've got projects with kids in Bhutan that are going to help everybody in the world. So where do the children play? That's what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're looking for them. We'll come back and we'll we'll hear a bit about these yes. projects yes. in just a few minutes here in the studio with uh, Kenpo Lopseng Tenzin. Will you make us cry? Will you tell us when? 
to live Will you tell us when to die I know we've come a long way We're changing day to day Tell me why do the children play I would like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam, the Musqueam, the Squamish, and the Tsleil-Waututh. What that means to me is, as a settler, my responsibility is, as a guest on this land, to be sure I am taking every opportunity and creating opportunities to connect with the people who have been here long, way, way longer than me, who know this land, whose voices are here as stewards of the land, and to build relationship with them, to listen to them, to support them. We are here today at Essential Conversations, Rebecca and Luca, with Kenpo Lobsang Tenson. We just listened to his first song request for today, which was Cat Stevens' Where Do the Children Play? And you mentioned that the reason that we played the song was to connect in with the children, and you have a project you're connected with in Bhutan. Did you want to mm. talk about that now? Yeah, sure. All right. We have a number of projects in Bhutan. And yes, I'm you very, do. <laughs> uh, we are very privileged and feel blessed to have been able to connect with the kingdom in a substantial way. Uh, a lot of it has to do with how to be best useful in serving uh, our world and our communities collective uh, together. And the Kingdom of Bhutan has been able to be a, a conscious steward of different things, whether it's uh, being negative carbon, to being 100% organic farm, to having gross national happiness, to being conscious participants in their social model. So it's very values-based, isn't it? Yes, and they've identified the values of their system, and they know the value, the the the. The ways will change, but the values will remain the same. And one of the wonderful things about Bhutan is it's a bit of a Galapagos Islands of culture. They didn't get TV until 1999, and they just brought in democracy somewhat reluctantly in 2005, uh, 2008, excuse me. And it had been closed off for a long time. There's still, I think to this day, only eight pilots who are qualified, are certified to do the landing into Bhutan. Because it's very mountainous, right? So yeah, it's a hard it's, landing. It's, yeah, and it's Difficult windy, and it's, there's a, they got to do a little zigzag uh, with mm. the landing gear down and land by sight. Mm. Um, our relationship with the kingdom started back in 2008, uh, sort of obliquely, and then we, five years to this day, is, what's the date today, 29th? 29th, 29th. November. Okay. So uh, uh, five years almost to this day, uh, we set out. On a, on a project path together and uh, uh, you know sometimes succeeding is just not giving up that's true you know, it's like and maybe showing up it's just showing yeah. up and seeing how it evolves this is also serving the moment isn't there it there you go so sometimes we're not there yet but because the conditions are so stable and venerable um, they're not uh, shaky the conditions aren't shaky so my uh, intention or our intention in this practice 
and with the kingdom of Bhutan has been to serve them in their priorities and what they feel are what they need to do. So they've embraced filmmaking to a, a big degree. And our partners in Bhutan are involved in the film community locally there. And now they're actually, the kingdom has set forth a, building a, a large studio, a professional film studio. And um, there are more and more movies that are being made in the kingdom of Bhutan. Most recently, Lunana uh, Yak in a Classroom sold out four screenings at the Vancouver uh, International Film Festival and has been doing well both in China and other film festivals around the world. And they have a bit of a filmmaking culture because there was a, a teacher there named Zongar Kensi Rinpoche who did two movies, uh, Travelers and Magicians and The Cup. And both of them um, had a voice and they, they reached the world. Actually, it's because of Travelers and Magicians that I found out about Bhutan. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very grateful to Zongar Kensi Rinpoche for, uh, he was a technical director on Bernardo Bertolucci's, I think it was Little Buddha or... Yeah, Little Buddha. Kundin was done by Scorsese, I think. I can't remember. Bernardo Bertolucci's Buddha movie. And uh, he studied uh, filmmaking after that. And then he went on to uh, uh, be a somewhat an, uh, a bit of a revolutionary Dharma teacher. He's, he's somewhat, he, he wrote a book called The Guru Drinks Bourbon. Uh, which is quite a well-known book. And uh, so I, I recommend everybody to go and Check out Zongar Kensei Rinpoche, also known by the stage name of uh, Kensei Norbu. That's his director's handle. So in the kingdom, they've decided to make filmmaking a, a big deal. And um, because of our role in filmmaking, uh, I was approached by many years ago by our partners in, in Bhutan to uh, look at a script called Jeremy. And uh, we, we evolved that project into a screenplay. And it's always been on the back burner now for about 10 years. In the interim, uh, we've gone to Bhutan and we've set forth a, a project over there with regards to children's television, Hummingbird Children's Television. And we have some uh, film uh, TV projects in development for the kids. One is uh, kids playing music with nature. We're, we're, we're looking at constructing a, a garden uh, called a song garden and a piece of land that's been offered to us for a period of time. And uh, then another show is children making paintings and then describing their paintings. And then we animate their descriptions of the paintings. And uh, then a kid's food show. And the, the kid's painting show is somewhat uh, profoundly uh, associated with our other projects because uh, I'm associated with a film production company called Real by Fake. And I serve with them as uh, an executive producer for Bhutan Projects. And uh, the owner and uh, pioneer of the company, Mark Cote, is my dear friend. And he came with me to Bhutan. And they're, they're quite renowned for the projects they do. Uh, they do, uh, oh, uh, anyway, you guys can Google them. It's too embarrassing. It's sort of like an embarrassment of riches here. Uh, you can Google real by fake and find out the types of projects they do. I won't brag too much. But they're very relevant in a lot of the new uh, paradigms uh, and delivery systems, whether it's Apple TV or, you know, HBO or Netflix or this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So with them, we set forward uh, the intention of creating a visual effects college and an editing hub outpost in the kingdom of Bhutan. So we can transfer some technology there. And Lode from Bhutan will be arriving in Montreal next week, actually on the 8th, to meet with Mark to uh, do two things. One is to uh, arrange a pre-production for a new feature film by Zuri Rinpoche. 
And uh, that project is still yet to be formally announced, so I won't title it yet. But there is formally a project in pre-production that will be shot next year in Bhutan, which uh, Real by Fake is a co-producer of. And uh, at the same time, we'll be establishing uh, the criteria for the VFX outpost. And I will maybe, if things, I keep my fingers crossed, all things aligned, I'll be in Montreal next week working on that uh, project with Lode. But that's all for children's television and uh, helping Bhutan uh, develop a, a film industry that's relevant and useful and profoundly uh, uh, and uses their profound wisdom archive in, uh, in a non-direct way to uh, provide better programming for children, in effect. So, so, and this we talked about the last time you were here, so we yes. won't go into it no, too much more today. Much. But if any of you listeners out there would like to know a little bit more about the whole um, philosophy and idea behind the children mm. being involved in this, you can go to our archives and take a look at mm. the last or have a listen to the last the, show and find out a little bit more about it. The big thing is, is the kids creating programming for kids. That's right. the, yeah. mo- the most yeah. important part. It's not yeah. adults creating programming for kids. It's really yeah. about shows that kids create yeah. because they're joyful by nature. There's no reason why we should shove our paradigms on them. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Feels, so feels like it's a ripe time for the second song that you yes, chose. Yes, we're about yes. to get into the bigger. All right. Years. All right. So we've got Imagine by John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. And um, would you like to tell us before or after why you chose this song? Imagine all the people living <laughs> for today. I guess that's it. All right. Mm-hmm. Right there. All right. All right <laughs> we'll Done. take a listen. We'll be back <laughs> in the studio with Kempo Lobsang Tenzin in just a minute.
Health. You're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And our guest today, Kenpo Labsang Tenzin. We just listened to his second song choice for the day, which was Imagine by John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. And this song is special for you. Yeah, well, apart from it being, you know, part of our growing up, mm-hmm. us, you know, us all of a certain age, uh, it's a very uh, dreamy song has a lot to do with imagination. I'm very, very, very grateful to have the partners, uh, business partners, and colleagues that we're working with, having wonderful students. I think what we put out there is what we attract in a big way. So if you put love in your heart, you're gonna attract people who have love in their heart. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest thing is finding people you wanna work with and people you wanna grow with and people you wanna spend time with. And therefore you have to be uh, transparent with your intentions around people and fearless that way. So we're very lucky to have an excellent partner in Mark Cote mm-hmm. and Real by Fake Company and all the people out there, Mia, just had a kid, and Naomi and Alex and uh, everybody in, at the shop. Um, they've been partners for a long time in our projects and Mark particularly, he took his two weeks off to come to Bhutan five years ago and carry cameras up a hill and, and he's the owner of the company up a so steep hill yeah steep hill and uh now he's got some projects that are coming up the pipe that are just overwhelming and I, the the last video the last song was a little bit cryptic i won't i won't spell it out until he spells it out but let me tell you there's there's some pretty imagining things going on right now um Getting into uh, possibilities. Possibilities are very strange. You never know what's possible. You know, sometimes when you don't think about the reward and you just do stif- stuff because it's the right thing to do, uh, the rewards are sometimes way beyond what you could imagine. And um, in that way, uh, we're living at a moment in our lives where we have to appreciate everything can be grabbed from us in a, in a heartbeat. I've had quite a number of people in my family die recently. Uh, My sister went about a year ago and her husband went about seven months after that and left four kids without parents between the ages of 19 and 30. Mm -hmm. And it was tough. And my father died a year or so ago and and I I miss him dearly and quite deeply. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, he was very peculiar, but he was such an enigma. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a little, just to leave your listeners with something that throws a little curveball their way. Uh, any X Files fans out there? Any X Files? X Files? Oh. Uh, oh, me, me, me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, my father, as uh, Luca alluded to a little earlier, he has a bit of a, a reputation in science. Uh, He was one of the original people working on the Avro Arrow, and he worked on the original specs for the cruise missile, and he had a a high-level military clearance. And he never BS'd me. Whenever I'd ask him anything, he'd always give me the straight goods. And I remember once trying to ask him about dreams, and he said, prove it. And so that question, that whole conversation was out the window. So... I knew he was going to be going soon, and there was a question that was bothering me for a long time. I said, Dad, what's with that former Canadian defense minister who was building those UFO landing pads in Alberta? What gives with that? What was the real story behind that? Because I really wanted to know. It was bothering me quite a bit. And this is what my dad said on the phone, and I'll give it, try and do it exactly how he did. He went, 
Ja. I don't know what all the big deal was about. They've been coming here for ages. Some people just can't keep their yap shut. <laughs> so, needless to say, my jaw was on the floor on the other side of the phone, and I'm sure my dad heard that big pause. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. It's not like they're hanging around here. They they got to breathe nitrogen. They're not. They're not. They're not walking here. They 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 basically come. They're only interested in microbiology anyway. I'm shocked. I'm on Did the you ask side. him how he knew that? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, so I'm, I'm really floored. And I know my dad is, is serious because he's, you know, engineering physics. This guy doesn't joke about this stuff. And he knows all the test pilots. He knows everybody even had papers. And he didn't dismiss by... it like dreams. No, no. He, no. he, 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 had, uh, he worked, did papers with Werner von Braun even. So... I asked him, I says, he says, well, don't, don't, don't ask me, go contact Don. I said, Don, Don, Don who? He says, Don, Don Derry. You know, Don, Don Derry, you remember him from the tennis club? I said, Don, Don Derry? I, I think I remember. You mean the bald guy with no hair? He says, yeah, Dr. Don, Don Derry. Check him out. I go, check him out. I find out, oh, he was IBM uh, radar specialist on the B-52s in the 60s and Graduate University of Chicago at age 18, and a doctorate in experimental psychology from Cornell, and, he's a and he's the, well, he's the current lecturer at Oxford at, on UFOs. And I'm like, holy, <laughs> excuse my my vernacular, uh, on the phone with my dad. So anyway, my dad passes. I got to write a uh, eulogy, so I'm writing this eulogy. I'm saying I never knew my father. <laughs> in all the years I know him, he starts pulling UFOs on me in the last little while. He says, go contact Dr. Don Don Derry. So anyway, my dad dies. I go to the, we're in the hummingbird room of all rooms at the, the, the uh, Cote de funeral home. And there's, I don't in know, a dozen, in Montreal. It's a big room. And uh, there's maybe a dozen people there. You know, when you get old, not very many people show up to your funeral. Young people have all the people show up. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I see a little face. And I'm looking over there. And who is it? Oh, Don? Who shows up? Don Don Derry at my dad's funeral. And so I go, Don, you won't believe this. I got to show you this. I pull out the, my piece of paper and it has his name right in the eulogy right there i said don what are the odds i'm writing your name in this eulogy and here you are you show up i haven't seen you in 40 years since the tennis club my dad mentioned you and here you are and he starts laughing he thinks this is the funniest thing i said well what do you think about my dad telling me that these guys are coming here for ages and they're only interested in microbiology and so he gives me a little wink and he says yeah they've been working on a human 2.0 since the late 50s i'm like <laughs> And they're more psychic. And I went, huh? He says, you got to call me. Here's my number. So on that note, I think we're kind of almost at the end. <laughs> we, just, we just need him to come and visit you here in Vancouver so we can have him on the show. So, yeah, you guys can go check out Don Don Dairy, spelt like it sounds. D-O-N-D-E, Dairy. Yeah, that's it. And he's Professor Emeritus at McGill. And I, the funny thing is, about a month later, there were some unidentified objects over Greenland. And I pop on the news, and who do I see? 
There he Don, is again. Don Derry, the official word on UFOs. Wow. There he is on the news talking <laughs> about it. So where does he live in Montreal? He lives in Montreal. I got his all his particulars because we're connected. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. All right. So any of you UFO guys out there, real X File fans, is some real X File people here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So yeah. we do just have a few more minutes, ah, okay, and I beautiful. would love to. T- is there anything else that you would like to communicate to anybody who's listening? Anybody that you'd like to hear from? Anything that you want to make sure people know about that sure. they can keep their ears tuned uh, to, or that they life can support? is only the love we share. So mm-hmm. share it all the time with everything. Trust the integrity of intention, and look if you if birth death is a fixed space, all thoughts expand, all expressions expand exponentially. Therefore, physics dictates. If you're only expressing love between birth and death, eventually it'll crowd out everything else, and that's all that'll be in your life. So express love, much love all the time, and even if it's delusional, keep on expressing it. And, you know, if people don't understand what you're doing, just treat them like a three-year-old shoving beans up their nose. They'll get it eventually, (laughs) you know? So just keep on being kind. Johnny Appleseed it everywhere. That seems to be the solution for everything. And if you're ever by on commercial drive by the post office, you're always welcome to stop by. Everybody is special. I treat everybody exactly the same. Uh, no favorites. My student, uh, Sonam, who's here, I just want to say thank you very much. Uh, he, he'll He's attest to that. I, I, I treat nobody special. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. You know, Would you treat yourself special? No. Everybody's it's, special. It's, the, yeah. it's sort of the inverse. We treat nobody special by treating everybody as valuable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Precisely. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, I want to give a shout out to all our supporters in Bhutan. Thank you for being so patient with our dreams. And thank you, everybody in Montreal, all the people at Real by Fake, for supporting these these crazy ideas. And when nobody thought it was any kind of return financial and everybody's looking for a mundane association, you guys came through and you, you put your heart in it. So and hello to Real by that. Fake. Real by Fake. You, you joined Mark, us in the studio yeah. without even being here. There you go. And I love you all very much. And thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Luca. And uh, all our friends here in Vancouver and everybody who's been listening for the past little while. Fantastic. uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ah. Fantastic. What have you got going on, Rebecca? What have I got going on? I feel like I'm a spinning top and I'm trying to keep everything together. Mm. Um, Well, uh, having conversations with people about uh, who who need counseling and coaching because they're connected to cults in their past. Yes. This is this is evidently the specialty I have I have landed in. (laughs) You're getting you're getting more and more special in it. I guess so. In a a weird. In a weird way, yes, yeah. Um, and I've got, uh, coming up in December, I will be doing at the end of the month my uh, year ahead channeling. So um, stay tuned for information about uh, times and dates on that. Perfect. Um, and until next week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep, yep. Oh, 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 Happy, 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 happ